welcome Brother Josh and Sandy Surratt. Glory to God. Amen. Come on up here, Brother Josh, however you guys want to. And uh, one final thing, I'm about to hand the microphone off to this couple. I wish their kids were here, but they do have a 19-year-old woman that I've never seen before. No, I know. I'm just trying. I, I know, Sydney. But, you know, I have to say, I asked her, I said, uh, how old are you now? She said, 19. I said, stop it. <laughs> Sydney, you are not 19. Stop it. So, you know, uh, they do grow up. So what they said about Jesus when he came to Nazareth, they said he can't be a prophet. Everybody knows prophets don't grow up from little boys. <laughs> so this young woman in our midst and this beautiful family that they have, we thank God for what they're doing in the earth. Amen. Uh, they can introduce themselves. I want to give them a liberty to get into the word of the Lord. Do you want this to stay up here or to come down? Or? Actually down. Would you guys put that down? I'm going to hand you the microphone. You take your liberty here. We love you. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Welcome, Brother John. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jason. Wow. So many familiar faces uh, from, from every season. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. And uh, I don't know if it's on or not. We can share. There we go. And so we're glad to be here. We're very thankful. Um, man, I don't even know where to start. I yeah, go I, ahead. I just had <laughs> such amazing memories just flood back um, as I was worshiping, um, just being a young teenager here and hearing the word and learning how to put my faith, like you were saying, put my faith towards things and believe the word and speak the word. And I learned how to worship. It was like everything just came flooding back of all that was poured into me while I was here. And I'm so thankful for that. I wouldn't be you know, doing what we're doing today without that, mm. um, empowering and being sent out. So yeah. I'm just so thankful to be back in the house. And so you're saying that, that we've, there's been a seed planted. Yes. It's been watered <laughs> Amen. and God has received an increase yes. all over the world. Amen. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Amen. And it Praise is. God. It's so wonderful to see <laughs> friends from all, um, of seasons of life. Yeah. And so we're just so blessed to be here. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Actually, before we get going, Let's watch a missions video that we have started. I call it kind of the cliff notes of our year. So here we go. Our third year on the mission field was a year of dreams coming true. Over the past 10 years, God has been speaking to us through prayer about cities, people, purposes, and callings on the mission field. He would give us one word or an impression about our future. Those words and impressions turned into dreams in our hearts. We put our faith to work, believing to see those God-given dreams come to pass. It was this year that many of those prayers were answered. One of those dreams was fulfilled last summer when we were invited to help with a youth camp near Naples, Italy. Yes, Italy, the country that God has been showing us for years in prayer. And yes, youth camp, one of our favorite things to participate in. While at camp, Josh and Annie led us all into God's presence through anointed worship. Unchurched youth who were invited to camp by a friend wept when they heard the message of God's love for them, some for the very first time. Young people were set free when they discovered their authority in Christ. Many asked for prayer for their unsaved parents and families. The fruit was immense at this youth camp. In the fall, a new school year began at the International Christian School of Vienna, 
where I welcomed a new class of first graders. The director set the vision for the school year, build each other up. First Thessalonians 5.1 says, therefore encourage one another and build each other up. Students from all over the world enter our doors, some from Christian homes and families, but many who are not. What an honor it is to evangelize by teaching the Bible every day to these little ones. One of my students this year told me that her favorite thing about Bible class is going home to tell her family what we were learning about Jesus. She happens to come from a family that doesn't go to church, a family she says doesn't believe in God. But I believe, she tells her teachers, this is what our mission is all about. This little girl is taking what she is learning at school about God and telling her family at home. We truly never know the impact we have when we obey God's call and tell one person about his love for them. At ICSB, we offer a high quality education, but it is truly a vehicle to preach the gospel, share God's rescue plan, and make disciples, followers of Christ. Throughout the year, Josh began ministering at a weekly outreach to the homeless and needy in Vienna. He partnered with friends who have established a food ministry. A hot meal and groceries are given to those who come. While they eat, Josh shares a message of hope and salvation in Jesus and prays with them. Sometimes he leads worship or brings a team with him to help. Even Annie and some of her friends joined in. Josh saw many people give their lives to the Lord after hearing the gospel of Christ for the first time. God is moving through this ministry. In October, we hosted a mission team made up of old friends from the USA and new friends from Austria. We all worked together to lead worship during chapel at ICSB, and then we traveled 13 hours by train to Italy again. We worked with a local church, C3 Reach Napoli, to minister to children, youth, and adults during a family weekend. So many responded to altar calls, prayers, and words of prophecy. The men of our team also took time to speak to and pray for men at a local rehabilitation center supported by the church. The love of Jesus was poured out through the team. In December, Josh was invited to be a teacher at Rama Austria in Wales. He taught on gifts of the Holy Spirit. The students were hungry and receptive. What a joy it was to share his rich heritage and continue God's calling given to Rama Bible College teach my people faith. Josh has been asked to return to teach in August. Almost six years ago, I heard in prayer that I needed to go back to school to obtain my principal certification. Not knowing then when or where or if I would ever be able to use the credentials. In 2020, I was thrilled to be given the opportunity to teach at ICSB. I have been content knowing that I might be a teacher for the rest of my career, but God had other plans. When the position for elementary principal became available in January, I felt called to apply an interview. God had already been preparing me for this years before. Little did I know that step of obedience would open the door for principalship on the mission field in a foreign country. I was appointed principal and will begin my new role this July. Another God-given dream fulfilled. In February, Josh went to Bradford, England to the church where the famous evangelist Smith Wigglesworth was known to preach and feed the poor in the early 1900s, the Bolin Street Mission. His great-granddaughter and her husband Lillian and Abe Defend are now the pastors of Axe Church Bradford and their congregation meets at the restored Bolin Street building. 
Josh preached at this special church on a Sunday morning and went out with the evangelism team to minister in the streets of Bradford. Josh and the Defends visited the home where Smith Wigglesworth lived years ago in Bradford. Together they ministered to and prayed for the family living there who are not believers. Many seeds were planted and Jesus touched them deeply. This is another dream come true. We are excited to see what this divine connection will lead to in the future. In June, Josh and Annie, along with a team of young missionaries, visited Sicily and ministered to youth, adults, and several churches on divine healing. Annie was able to share a testimony of praying for her non-Christian friends at school and being bold to tell them about the love of Jesus. Josh saw many healings as he prayed for the sick. Josh heard from the Sicilians who hosted them that one of the churches they visited was located in one of the most dangerous parts of Italy. However, the church is flourishing there and changing the atmosphere. What an amazing opportunity. Throughout this year, we also hosted many traveling evangelists, pastors, and missionaries, providing meals, giving a tour of Vienna, and supporting them in prayer. Europe is ripe for the harvest. God has positioned us here for such a time as this. Josh and I have seen many dreams fulfilled this year, but God has blessed our entire family. Annie uses her gifts of singing and piano to lead worship and sing in choir and musicals. Sydney went to study education and mental health at York St. John University in York, England this past fall. She did an outstanding job in her academics while working a job. Claire is learning about friendships. We are so thankful for our school and neighborhood where she flourishes. This move has been a perfect fit for our family. Thank you partners and friends for supporting us another year on the mission field. We couldn't do it without you. May God abundantly bless you for your willingness to give. Do you have a God-given dream in your heart? Keep trusting God. Listen for his voice and direction. We have seen it firsthand. God is the fulfiller of dreams. Yes, it blesses you, but ultimately he uses those dreams to reach the lost and empower believers. So keep believing and keep dreaming. It was a lot of work. <laughs> it was a lot. And, uh, you know, it's funny um, watching videos and, you know, social media and things like that. Yeah, we had pressures. We had things to overcome. We had to believe God for things. We had um, frustrations and Oh, why did this happen? <laughs> you know, those type of things that, that all of us have to press through. I'm telling you, it is um, worth um, being a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Can we stand just for a moment? <laughs> and uh, Pastor Tracy said a word, acknowledge. And this is a word that's been really deep in my heart. Can you just be aware of the Holy Spirit now or of the, uh, this man, Jesus? Can you be aware of him with us right now and just begin to thank him? Not that he's far off, that he's right here. Jesus, you're so wonderful and you're so kind to us, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you for helping us and guiding us. Thank you for bringing impressions to us. Thank you for
Jesus, for being our elder brother. Thank you for being so nice and patient. And you are rabbi. You are teacher. You are teacher. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father God. You're so wonderful. You're so wonderful. You're so kind to us. You're so wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Are you glad that He is rich in mercy? You may be seated. <laughs> Praise God. Well, yeah. I'm going to, there's a lot of things, you know, I'm a preacher, so <laughs> I got a lot of stuff going, going on the inside of me, and, um, but you know, what, what is the most important? Well, the Holy Spirit has something for you. He has something to reveal to you. He is the revealer. I like to say it like this. Um, there's, a, there's a, you know, it's, I guess it's an old tradition when, a, when a, a, a husband and a wife get married. I don't think they do it too much anymore. But, you know, it's when the, uh, the, the bride has a, everyone, what is on her face? A veil. And you remember the tradition was that the bride doesn't see the groom until maybe when they say you may kiss, kiss the bride or whatever the pastor does. And uh, what does he do? What's the, I mean, sorry, what's the bride do? She, she reveals. So actually where we would get the word revelation, it's, it's a revealing of something new on that day. And so sometimes when I, you know, we, we've all experienced it. Who's ever read a scripture, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 times or maybe over the years, and then something happens, right? Something hits you on, uh, that you've never seen before. Well, I believe tonight something that you've never experienced before, never seen, will be revealed to you by the Spirit. And if you, if you, you know, uh, measure that, if you get in that expectation of that, you'll see something you've never seen before. And we all need that. And how many know that the, that the Lord is not trying to keep things from us in particular? Sometimes there's a timing on things released by the Spirit, but He wants to reveal those things to us. Amen? He wants to reveal those things to us. I'm looking around. I've got all these memories coming back from the right to the left. And I just want to slow down and just say, hey, how are you doing? It's kind of hard, you know. It's like, it's like, it's like family, right? It's kind of like heaven, right? This is like, like family. Praise the Lord. Um, can everyone turn? We're not going to go there for a while, but you might as well put your finger in the, in the chapter here. <laughs> Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, uh, and we'll look at two passages, but, you know, you can get your finger comfortable, at least, in, that pa in, the, in the Bible there. I was talking to the Lord, and I was just talking to him about what should come, come forth tonight and come out tonight. And, uh, but first, I want to kind of give a word over the church. And, you know, um, I... I uh, so, I'm traveling quite a bit right now, and 
I wrote down, I have to go back here, I wrote down every church that I will be at, and I asked the Lord, sat down quietly, and I said, Lord, can you show me something about each church? And, um, you know, my prayer life has changed dramatically. Uh, I've learned to listen more than I talk. <laughs> and that's, that's because um, the Lord, in His wonderful way, showed me um, that I was not trusting him in every area. And I was trusting him in some areas. And he helped me. And uh, anyways, I'm not going to go into that. But I've learned to listen a lot. Let me just say that. Listen a lot. And um, I've learned something. Listening is honoring. Listening is honoring. I I'll give you a perfect example, right? Um, husbands. <laughs> You're talking to your wife, and she's talking. She's talking. She's telling you, this is what we got to do, and this is something. And then you have to go, whoa, whoa, wait just a second. What did you say? You know, have you ever, come on, guys. You ever, gone, you ever done that? And you're like, I'm so sorry. Can you repeat that? You know? And she's like, no problem. And she repeats it. And this time, you're listening. Well, this is actually the exact example the Lord showed it to me. And he said to me, Josh, you're looking at me, but you're not listening to me. And so I've asked the Lord to, I've, I've repented, and I said, Lord, can you repeat that? <laughs> can you repeat that? And this, this is where I've, I'm learning, right? We're all learning. We're learning to listen. And listening is honoring. Listening is wonderful. You know, uh, any healthy conversation me and Miss Betty are talking, and I am asking her questions. She will listen, and then she'll ask me questions, or she'll answer, and then she'll ask me questions, and I'll listen. That's a healthy conversation, right? So, so that's what we need to do with the Lord. You know, this is not a religious tradition, right? He's not a figment of our imagination. He's wonderful, and He's alive, and He's well. And he's here with us right now. And this listening is wonderful. So, coming back to writing all the churches down. Um, you know, sometimes we wish and just, Lord, if you could just give us uh, a more than a, you know, give us a sentence. Can you just give me a sentence or maybe even a, a paragraph? No, but what does he give you? A word of knowledge. Thank you for the word, Lord. But that word is we step out on that, we look to that. And so, uh, as funny as that is, but what, what happens though is that word, that thing that the Lord directs you on, that scripture, that, that thing in the spirit the Lord shows you is the avenue, is the way. Amen? Okay. So, um, so when I was kind of meditating here about this, the ministry in the church here, let me get back to my... my regular notes this is what I saw in 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 uh, in my spirit now before I give this I saw these beautiful pictures and I haven't seen these before and I'm so thrilled like really glad and happy on the inside Pastor Tracy like big time like a lot <laughs> like this is right come on this is it right but this is what I heard. I heard this, a stake in the ground. And then I heard this, taken territory with st 
the staff. And when I saw this, and this is not just, this is, let me just say it. I'm going to say it. This has been taken. Okay, this is taken. What I mean by this is it's, it's already, the, you, know, you know, faith is not in the hope realm. It's completed, right? So this is done. I mean, this is really done. I mean, some of you probably could just, I mean, Pastor Tracy could walk in and preach in the building. He knows where all of it is right now, right? He knows exactly where it is. And what I'm saying is this is done. But the way this is done is the word here, there's a, there's a stake in the ground in many of your lives, you just need to claim some things or direct your faith towards some things. And then it is done. It's taken with the staff, which is the word of God, right? It's taken by the authority that you have in the spirit, not in your own self, not in, you know, something you've done right. It's what he's, he's done right and given us that authority through the blood of Jesus to take certain things. And I just encourage you by this word of the Lord that, you know, um, put something in the ground, in the, in the spirit. In other words, uh, take, take, take your authority over things that you don't think is yours. Amen? And, uh, and also, when, during, during this time of kind of meditating on this, I saw um, this, a couple of things. Uh, do you remember it says where, wherever, wherever Joshua put his foot, he took the land. And I saw this on uh, not just you, Pastor Tracy, not, not just this, but the people in here. Is, is, uh, and it really, it's, it's funny, it's really uh, kind of what you're talking about in this. It's a purposed measure. That's what you're talking about. It was purposely measured. And so you need to purposely take something. Does this make sense? Like... In, in, different, uh, in different nations of the world, you go there, but when you get off the plane or you go in there, this is mine. You know, I might not have been elected as some official in that country in Austria, but this is my area. Does this make sense? This is my area by the authority of, 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 of the Lord, of his name. Amen? Okay. That's all I'm going to add to that. Amen? I felt impressed to tell you the story. Now, I told some, some, some of our friends last night kind of this full story, but I felt impressed because I believe it'll, it'll give you a kind of a spirit of faith in the room. And this is the story of what you saw about Smith Wigglesworth's house. This is crazy. This is on the crazy level, okay? And while I want to say this, I've kind of told bits and pieces of this story, and um, you know, it's like you tell a part of it and then you're like, oh, that's great. It's like, it's not even started. It just keeps going and going and going. God is, God is amazing. But actually, before I tell the story, I'm going to tell, tell a story, but what I, here, I'm going to get to somewhere. And this is where I'm getting somewhere, somewhere. Your interactions are not coincidence. This is, this is the whole root of what I'm going to talk about, and it's been really strong in my spirit, and the, the Lord has proved it to me over and over. I'm going to say it again. Your interactions, where you go, who you connect with, at the gas pump, at Starbucks, where you're at, you just think, ah, it's just my day. They're not coincidence. Not at all. And I'm going to get to a story at the end 
that will show you that your interactions, your, and really, really what I'm, really what I'm going to talk about tonight is looking up and seeing people around you. You know, who's ever uh, went into the grocery store with a list, <laughs> you know, you only got four or five things, but you got to get them. What are they? Come on. Eggs, <laughs> bread, uh, mayonnaise. <laughs> we need mayonnaise right now. Milk, you got to have milk, you know, whole. You got to have whole. Uh, you know, and, it, and what do you do? Now, I'm, I'm saying, everybody's saying their things because when you walk into whatever grocery store that you walk into, you're on a mission, right? And you're looking and you're getting and you're putting and then, and then you get out, right? And you get out. And, you know, have you ever walked into a store and didn't notice anybody? We do it all the time, but they're there, all right? Another, another thing, you know, you're pumping gas, right? And you're looking, uh, do I want 87 octane? Do I want soup? Do I want super? I don't know. I'm thinking. And then you look on the ground. Oh, it's kind of dirty. Man, it's need to clean up in here. If you look up, there's a couple people around you. Right? They're at the pumps. And what I, what I want to, you to be aware of is your interactions every day, no, there's, no, there's not a coincidence. Because actually the Lord talks about the steps of a righteous man, woman, are ordered. They're ordered by the Lord. And I'm not just talking about in the big thing decisions we make. We, we kind of see that in these big things. But actually our steps, where we go... Sometimes we have what we call right impressions. You know, I don't feel like I need to do that. I need to go over here. I need to talk to this person. That's, that can be true. But actually our steps, our path, where we go is ordered by the Lord. And you, you, you know, it's interesting because do you remember the story where Paul was just on his way and he was warned by the Spirit, no, don't go that way. But he was just on his way. In other words, there is a, there's a, you know, I, I don't want you to get stuck with just like, ooh, I've got to do exactly what I need. No, you just go buy your mayonnaise, go buy your milk, or you're just living life. But guess what? You're a son. You're a daughter. You're a daughter in the kingdom. And your path is ordered of the Lord. And it's true. It really is true. Okay, let me keep going here. So I'm going to start off by talking about that Sydney and our Annie uh, and Claire are actually in the kids or youth. And so you can say hi to them. Actually, the whole family, um, Sandy and the girls, haven't been back in two years. And so they were ready to have some Mexican food and Dr. Pepper. Come on. Come on. Somebody say amen. Sweet tea. Oh, sweet tea. Sweet tea. Texas tea. So, you, someone felt the Lord on the tea. Sweet deal. Like, oh, I felt the Lord. <laughs> oh, man. So, Sydney, um, you know, her, her and Sandy, they were looking, praying, kind of looking where to go to school. And she ended up picking, I'm glad it was on the same continent, England. <laughs> and so, she decided to go to uh, school in York, England. Now, if you know anything about the map of England, we did not. We knew a little bit. But technically, we had never been to the UK. We had never been. And so last year, 
was it last year? When did we go first? Huh? Two years ago. We went, and we, it was the week of Easter, like going up to Easter, so we were there for one week. First time there, and we went to look at the school. That was it. You know, I don't know anyone there. You know, it's not like, you know, I'm going to meet a pastor or meet a missionary. I don't. Actually, in all these countries that I'm going to, which God, actually, just in the past two weeks, two brand new countries has opened up. I mean, it's still, it is amazing. I went, now, I, we knew one family in really close, I mean, sort of close, in Budapest, Hungary. That's it. Now, God's opened in three years so many doors. It's amazing. It's the plan of the Lord. We know we're there for a reason. So we go and we look at the school. Everybody's enjoying themselves. We're having a good time. And it was, now it's Good Friday. We wake up, we're in an Airbnb. And when I woke up, I had uh, this impression on the inside. Who's ever seen God's generals back in the day? We're with Robert Slaredy. He did all of, you know, all the great, Amy Silpamir Fearson, who else? A.A. Uh, a. Allen, all the great men of God, women of God. They did a, basically a documentary over it. And I saw it like when I was a kid. And so when I woke up on Friday morning, I heard in my heart this word, Smith Wigglesworth lives in Bradford, England. So, like, oh, yeah, that's right. I kinda, so I looked it on my phone, and it's like a 30-minute train ride from where we are. So uh, I ended up, everyone kind of rested. I said, hey, I'm going to go for a couple of hours, and I'm just going to go take some pictures, maybe of the church that was there in his house. Like, that's it. So I did. I get on a train, and on my way there, I'm looking at my phone, and I see that... Um, the, uh, the, the church, which was called the Bowling Street Mission, was restored in 2017. I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. It was restored back to the original, the way it was in, in the early 1900s when he was there. I thought, that's cool. So I go, and I, I take some photo. I knock on the door. I didn't know anything. I knocked on the door, take some selfies, and I just thought, that's cool. Smith Wigglesworth is here, you know. Yeah. That's about it. So then I thought, hey, I'll go to his house. So I walk to his house. It's like a 20-minute walk, and I go in there. On the way there, I felt, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, I want you to stay outside of the house. Like, I want you to stay outside for a while. All right. So I get there, and as I'm walking up, it's a very, like, um, well, a couple of things. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of a poor area. It's got a rundown. I would say rundown area. And it's uh, like you would think you're in the Middle East. Like there's huge mosques. There's two huge mosques in that area. And it's like everyone's Muslim. I mean, you literally think you just walked into Iran or something like that. So it's all a Muslim area. And so I go, and the house looks like it hasn't been lived in. So I go, and I knock on the front door. No answer. I was like, this is cool. Now, Smith Wigglesworth lived in that house when he got married all the way until he died in 1947 or something like that. So I went, took some pictures, took a video. That was it. That was my day. That's all I felt. And then I heard the Lord say, stay here. So just about five minutes later, I heard music coming from the downstairs um, door. There's like two doors to his house. And so I was like, well, what is that? So I went and knocked on the door, and a girl, a Muslim girl answered, and she says, yes, can I help you? And I was like, 
oh, I'm, I just, I'm trying to explain, I'm, there's a guy that used to live here 100 years ago, you know. And she kind of rolled her eyes. And she was like, oh, yeah, we know. You know, she goes, my parents, she was 26. She goes, my parents have lived for over 40 years, and there's been buses and tours, and people would come every day, and they would steal the doorknob off the house. They would steal the, uh, the numbers off the house. And I was like, I'm so sorry for those Christians. I apologize <laughs> for those people. And so we talked a little bit. She goes, but nobody's been here in a while. Well, it's because of COVID. It was kind of like right in the middle of COVID. So we're talking just a little bit, and she was like, and I could see behind her that there's children in the house. So she was like, do you want to come in? I was like, yeah, I'll come in for sure. This would be cool. So I walked in, and we start talking a little bit, and I said, why did you ask me in? She goes, oh, I had good vibes about you. All right, cool. I know where this vibe came from, the Lord. So we're sitting there, and then she, she, she kind of says, hey, I just want to let you know, no one's been in our house. I was like, no one? She goes, no, no, we haven't. I just, I don't know about Smith Wigglesworth. <laughs> she had heard it all these years. So she's like, explain to me. As I'm kind of talking to her, here comes a big group of the family inside the front door. All ladies, and they come, and they're like, who's this white guy <laughs> in our house that's not a part of family? And they start telling, oh, he, 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 knows who, he knows who Smith Wigglesworth is, you know? And I'm thinking, they probably don't care. And they go, oh, the magician. <laughs> they think he's a magician. And I was like, no, he's not a magician. <laughs> he, how do you explain that, you know? And they're in Ramadan. They're fasting. They're like... Like, they're dedicated to Allah, right? And they're from Pakistan. And so I, <laughs> so, so funny. So I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, what do I do now? You know, just sitting there. And they start saying, well, tell us about this magician. And I'm like, he's not a magician, you know. He's, and I said, you know, so I'm about Jesus. And they said, oh, okay, okay. So then, as I'm talking to him, I start saying, um, you know, I do the same thing as this Smith Wigglesworth. And they say, oh, you're a magician. I'm like, no, I'm not a magician. So what they did is this, there was a, quite a bit of family in there. And they had this girl that was deaf since birth. And they were like, well, heal her. Well, they just like pushed her on me. It's like, all right. So, so, I, so actually, and they videoed everything. So, I mean, they were ready like, Let's work your magic, you know, like pick a card, any card or something like this. So I simply, right, use the name. Hallelujah. And as I pray for her, well, she starts doing something she normally doesn't do, like make some noises or talk or something, saying something. Well, they flip, kind of flip out. They're like, what did you do to her? And then they said, they said, we need to go to the hospital or something to check this out. Well, when that happens... The girl that let me in said, I have asthma. Pray for me. Another, another lady says, I have an infection in my hand. Pray for me. So I start praying for these people. Well, the girl with asthma starts like shouting, I can breathe. I can breathe. And I'm thinking, I'm in Smith Wigglesworth house. This is crazy. <laughs> this is like, we're not even on level one. So, yeah. <laughs> so then they go, they, they were like, uh, I had a word of knowledge for this the girl with the infection, and she was like, how do you know that information? Like, she got angry at me. I was like, 
I'm a magician. No, I didn't say that. I just didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I, so I, I kind of talked to her. Well, then they start saying, we, our mother lives upstairs. She's the one, her, my dad, our dad bought this house. He has a restaurant in town. And she needs to come down here, but she's really angry at the family, and she's really sick. And I'm like, well, don't tell her to come down here if she's angry with the family. Here she comes down the stairs. You can hear it, this old house. And I'm like, uh-oh. So she comes down, says something in this Pakistani language, and it is, I heard a magician is downstairs, I promise. And I was like, oh, no, here we go. So I had to explain to her a little bit. Well, she said, she, she was saying, please pray for me. So I prayed for her. She starts shouting something. What it was was, I can work now. The Lord had touched her back. And she was like, I can work now. The Lord was talking to me a little bit in the house. And what he was saying to me is, Josh, this is not about the house. It's about the people. So then I'm sitting there going, man, this is amazing. So some other things happen, and I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I end up leaving. I'll go around the corner, and I just break. I'm like crying, 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 crying. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, this is what, this is continued compassion on the earth. So this is, now, let me explain it. Just, I can't explain it any other way. The family that I just met felt like my own family. And I felt compassion. Actually, right, I was moved with compassion. And I felt like I needed to take care of these people or something like they were my own family. I was like, oh. So, so since then, I've done a lot of study on agape and compassion and what this looks like and feels like. And I, I see it. I see it. Do you know what I, do you know what I have seen? He really loves me. And he holds nothing against me. He doesn't hold records of wrong against me. He's really, really in love with me a lot. And that's how I can love others. If you can get this revelation of the love of God for your own self and understand that he really, truly, deeply loves Actually, he says this. Um, you know, one of the scriptures always boggle my mind is, is where it talks about uh, it doesn't say in, in, you know, Jeremiah, it doesn't say in your mother's womb I knew you. It says before you're, you were in your mother's womb I knew you. It's, it's kind of hard to put your mind on what, we, what were we before in our mother's womb? Well, we were a spirit. We were, he knew us then. And now let, watch this. Then when we became on this earth, we, we decided one day to choose him. Y'all remember he said, I loved you before. You loved me. There's, the, there's a deep love for you, and then we decide to choose him. And this choice of loving the Father is amazing. And then we can see people, and you, you don't hold anything against them. You just love. And that love draws people to him. Anyways, that's another message. Okay, so I go around the corner, and something's heavy on my heart. The Lord's talking to me about compassion and I go and tell my family, I'm excited. Well, I look on my social media feed, and I had started following the great-granddaughter of Smith Wigglesworth. Her name's Lillian DeFinn. You probably saw, saw her on the, on the um, video. Well, I saw that her and her husband were now the pastors of this church in Bradford, England, 
at the, the one at the door I tried to knock on and took some pictures of. And I was like, and it was an invitation to come to their Easter service. I was like, oh, this is cool. So our flight was not till that Sunday, after, Sunday afternoon or something. So, so I said, let's go. So we go, and it was just surreal. It was like this old building, and it was amazing. The presence of the Lord was there. And the guy that was preaching there that morning, it wasn't them, was a guy that was a curator, curator of Smith Wigglesworth's things. Like he did tours and stuff like that. So he preached and everything. And then Lillian, we asked her at the end, can you pray for us? Now, let me give you a little background. Lillian and Abe Defend, they're in their mid-70s, and they're actually from South Africa. And <laughs> this is wild. They're from South Africa, and they've lived there. She grew up as her, her, her and her father, and, uh, and her father, they were all like, uh, responding from this great lineage of the Wigglesworth family because Wigglesworth did, get, did, did a lot in, in, in South Africa and his brother, or not his brother, his uncle or something like this. So anyways, uh, she said, we've lived our whole life in, in South Africa. She goes, actually, I was raised in the Congo. And um, she said, my whole life I've been in the Congo and we have evangelized all uh, uh, all these 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 areas in Africa, and um, she said, "Now, uh, I'm going to just say it. I'm kind of going a little bit ahead of ahead of my time here." But she, she said, "I said, why are you here? You know, y'all y'all in your in your seventies. Y'all don't y'all have kids, grandkids, great grandkids?" And he said, "Yeah, we should be in South Africa." He said, "But we're going to complete the work of the Lord." They just moved there a year before. Yeah, I don't know if you know where South Africa is compared to Bradford. It's a long way. Pastor, you were just in South Africa. It's a long way. I'm just going to say it like that. It's a long way. So, and uh, I said, wow, that's amazing. Well, why did you move to Bradford? It's, it's a nothing town, I'm telling you. It's just the middle of nowhere, and it's just crazy town. And she, oh, man, she said, the Lord visited me. And she starts talking about there was three great, three great prophecies by Smith Wigglesworth. And she told me all three. And she said, right after he died, and she started talking about um, after the war. Um, anyways, I'm not going to go through them. But she said, basically, two have happened. She said, but the third, the Lord told me, has not taken place. And she said, the Lord said, instructed us, I want you to move to where your great-grandfather was. Take over their ch the church that he had, because before you go to be with me, it will be fulfilled. This just happened. And you talk about an expectation of what God's doing. And I'm going to read the prophecy that he spoke of that hasn't come to pass that's right now on the earth. It's right now. I mean, it's happening right now. Whew, my goodness. Okay, let me keep going. So that happened. We end up going to the Sunday service. Then they said, would you like to go eat with us? That's how we got to talk to him. So I was like, y'all don't even know who we are. Yeah, we're going to go eat with you guys. <laughs> So we go have some lunch. It was kind of surreal. We're sitting there. She's talking about her great-grandfather. We're talking and everything. Now, here's the, 
important part. We come out of the of, of where we're just eating a block away. We come and we walk back in front of that to the, of the church to take a photo there. And on the way back, the Abe, her husband, said, "You need to come and minister here." They don't know me. They, I'm a, I could be a crazy guy, you know, or a weirdo or something. You know, I'm, I'm serious. You know, a lot of people kind of. He said, "You need to come minister." And then she she overhears and she said. She starts talking about every joint supplied. Oh, my goodness. She said, Josh, this is what she told me. I just met you and your family. You've never been to the U.K. before. You don't know anyone here, and God used you to get into a house that no one's ever been in. She said, I haven't been there since I was five years old. No one's ever been in. And the guy that preached that Sunday morning, he's like, I've been trying to get in that house since 1993. I was like. I just knocked on the door. <laughs> but there's a timing to it, right? So, so, I, so, she's, so, so that happens. Great, wonderful. Uh, we end up, Sydney goes off to school. She's doing awesome. So glad. She's got a job. Blessing. I'm so thankful. And we visited, uh, or Sandy and I dropped her off and everything. And then... Uh, so I'm coming back in February of this year, or I went back in February of this year. Well, I asked the Holy Spirit, what am I doing now? The only two people I know in the UK now are the great-granddaughter Wigglesworth and a Pakistani family that lives in the house of Wigglesworth. That's all I know. And the Lord t completely directed me. So I go, I get there, and the first thing the, lo the Lord had shared with me to do is I want you to introduce the great-granddaughter to this family because now we're texting back and forth in you know to this family i'm kind of becoming friends with them over text they're asking me can you send us information of this guy that no that didn't know that never googled him i'm it's crazy they've been living there 43 years didn't know he was and so so we go um trying to think of of, of where i need to go let's let's talk about going so we set it up Sunday after I preach in the church Sunday afternoon we go and we get there and the girl that answers the door that's the original girl she's pregnant now and she embraces us in oh Josh you're back we're I'm so excited like they've known me forever <laughs> and so we sit down and we have some tea the mother's there the the another sister's there and we're sitting in this house and you can feel uh, something happening in Lillian. She was there when she was five. And she's looking around and she's like sitting there and she's taking pictures and then she said, I just sent it to my son and grandchildren. And so we're sitting there and um, she said, Josh, we thought about it. We want you to name the baby. <laughs> What's well, going to be Wigglesworth? Y'all need to name me Wigglesworth. Everybody laughed. Everybody laughed, you know. Actually, she just texted me yesterday and told me the real name of the baby. It wasn't Wigglesworth. <laughs> so we're laughing and stuff like this. Well, in the middle of this thing, y'all, this is crazy. Lillian said, we're talking and she's real quiet and patient. She said, where's the attic? I'm like, what, what is she saying? Where's the attic? She said, where's the attic? And so she goes, uh, they said, oh, yeah, well, there's an attic out there. And then we talk a little bit. And she goes, can I go see the attic? I'm like, something's happening. She wants to see this attic. <laughs> now, we're on the basement floor, and there's three other levels in this old house. It's an old, small home. 
This is the home, if you don't know the story, where Lester Summerall came at the end of uh, Smith Wigglesworth's life, and he would, you know, the, the story where he was invited by Wigglesworth to come at his older age. I think he was in his 80s. And Lester Summerall was in his 20s, I believe, and he, they were doing meetings together, actually, in that area. But he saw, Wigglesworth saw something on Lester Summerall and said, I want you to come to my house. And Lester Summerall, Lester Summerall said, when do I come? He said, any time, just show up. That's what he said, just come. So he ends up coming, and it's this same house that he stands in front of the door. He, 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 he kind of explains Wigglesworth was a very proper man, and he dressed really good. And he, was, he called him an Englishman. His hair was like perfectly in place, right? And uh, so the story was, right, he had a newspaper in his arm, if you've ever heard the story. And Wigglesworth says, um, you know, he, he, he was uneducated, so he, he couldn't say certain words correctly, they said. He, he, so he said, like, well, I don't remember how he said it, but he said, basically said, what is in your arm? What's under your arm? He's like, oh, it's, it's an umbrella and a newspaper. And he's like, um, I only, only want truth in my house. And he's like, throw that to the side. And so he wouldn't even let a newspaper come into his house. And so, so I'm like at the door, and I'm like taking pictures on the inside, like, man, this is, this is cool. So we're going around. So we get to like the third level, and here goes Lillian. Where's the attic? Now, she's like, well, well she, she, the lady kind of di like didn't want to talk about the attic for some reason. And then Lillian said, she looked at a wall. She's like, right here, was there a, a, a fireplace here? And she was like, yeah, my parents covered it up. She goes, this is where he would teach Bible stories to the grandchildren. Like, she started singing. She goes, I walked in this door right here. And then she said it again. Where's the attic? So she's like, okay, the attic's upstairs, but I don't want you to go up there. And she goes, I live up there, and I think that's where Wigglesworth lived. This is what the daughter said. And Lillian said, no, that's not where he lived. He lived on this floor. And she goes, well, I think he lived up there because there's spooks up there. <laughs> so she said, so Lillian, so she goes, okay, we'll take you up there. So here we go. It's like a horror film or something. Like we're walking up this creep. There's a light bulb like moving. I'm like, what is going on? And we're sitting up there. And so she, Lillian begins to tell the story, if many of y'all have heard too, where uh, Wigglesworth got up one night, he's got this candle, and he hears something in the attic. He ends up going up there, and he basically faces the devil. And he says, it's just you, and basically ends up casting him out. Well, this, this girl, she goes, well, he's back or something. He, like, he's, he's there. I live in this room, and he's talking to me, and they're whispering to me. Oh, my goodness. Lillian said, I'll take care of that. And I record it, and I end up sending it to her. She walks in this room. It's dark in there. She starts telling this thing where to go and never return, use her authority. And then she starts talking about the glory of God in this room. It was amazing. She's like, then she goes up to her boldly on the top. I mean, it's like dimly lit. She goes, you won't deal with that anymore. <laughs> We go downstairs. I'm like, oh, that's why she wanted to go to the attic, I guess, to cast it. I don't know. It's crazy. We end up going down. Then they end up saying, this is what they said. We thought about this. We knew you were coming, and we want to sell you this home to the great, to Lillian. And I said to them, listen, I'm going to be real honest. We, we serve Jesus. He's our God. He is the son of God for us. 
but you guys serve Allah. Why would you even care? And they said, we respect anyone who can raise people from the dead. <laughs> That's what they said. So then they're talking about price for this house. And they said, well, do you have the money to Lillian and Abe? She goes, no, but Jesus does. And if the Lord wants us to have this house, then we'll get the house. And so we end up leaving. Oh, no. So then the, uh, now it's just us and the girl that's pregnant. And uh, she says, she, she, we start talking to her about the Lord. I start talking to her about Jesus. And I said, last time I came, I was using the name of Jesus. And you saw some things happen. And she said, Josh, there was so much peace. This is what she said to me. For, for like over a week, there was like so much peace in our house. But then it all came back worse. And Lillian looked at me and she said, they don't know how to fight, Josh. And I was like, oh, I was like mad at the devil, you know. And she, she's like, but I'm telling you, it was so much peace in our house. And then after a while, she said, finally said, Josh, what do I need to do? Uh, like change religions? Now, the Holy Spirit had already given me something on the inside, a word, for this moment. And I, I immediately said it. I said, no, but I want you to look on the inside and ask, do you have any peace with how you're living and who you're serving? And she said, no. So then Lillian chirped in. <laughs> she goes, do you want to know if Jesus is real? Let's, why don't we pray and you can ask him to reveal himself to you. You know, if you don't know, there's all over the world for many years, Jesus has been appearing to Muslim people in dreams and visions and physically amazing. And she brought that up to her and she was like, okay, I'll do that. So then she stood up, this girl, and she said, I want y'all to pray for my baby. <laughs> so we're sitting there. We start laying hands and I heard the Holy Spirit prompted me and said, don't pray for the baby, ask Lillian to. So I'm praying for her life, and Lillian starts to prophesy over this child in the womb, Pakistani Muslim lady, and it was crazy. I mean, she's talking about nations and all kinds of stuff. Then in the middle of it, she stopped and she said, well, do you want to know if Jesus is real? And the girl said, yeah, what do I do? She goes, do I repeat your prayer? Yeah. So she said, you know, Lord, reveal yourself to me. It was, oh, it was just amazing. So I knew the Lord was saying, I want you to keep a relationship there. There's, this is an ongoing thing. So we ended up leaving, and they're taking me back to a hotel, and some great things happen. I had a, some word for them for a property that they had. And it was just so amazing. But I feel impressed to say it. Okay, so I'll, I'll say this part. You know, why, not, why me? Right? Why, am I, why am I there? Well, God's so good to us. And he's, and he's kind. Well, we're in the car. They're taking me back to the hotel. And I feel her hand, like, touch my arm. Like, she's in the back seat. And she puts her arm and she said, Josh, I got to tell you something. I said, yeah. She said, Several years ago, when we were, gonna, we were planning to move here, our son was in his 40s. I'm 43, and he was in his 40s, and he lives in South Africa, and he helped with the church, and he was a singer, and he was planning to move to Bradford to help us. But just a, just a little bit before, he had a massive heart attack, and he died, and he never had heart problems. And 
she said it was really sad because we wanted him to come to be a part. And then she said, Josh, you like, you sound like him. You look like him, or not look like him, but you, you act like him. You have the same heart like him. And then she said, I think this is really funny. And she said, and, um, she said uh, and I wore a blue suit that day when I preached. And uh, Sandy had told me, you need to wear a suit. If you're going to go to Smith Wigglesworth Church, you probably need to wear a suit, you know. And I was like, you're right, Sandy. <laughs> so she said, she said, our son always wore a blue suit. And... Uh, you know, and then she said, but I can't talk about it anymore. You know, you, she was kind of emotional about it. But uh, I thought, Lord, you're so good to us. You even meet that need, you know, of like, because she was like, you, you, when you, because I, I felt to get up and do a couple of songs like in their church, and that's kind of a joyful song. And uh, she's like, the way you sang and everything. And I thought, Lord, I didn't know that. But that's one of the reasons why. You wanted to bless them as well. Isn't that amazing? Now, let's get to this part of the story, and we're gonna. Y'all still got Acts? <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet, but it's it, it, it's we're we're getting there because this is the book of Acts, right? This is our lives should be the book of Acts. Listen, your life is just the continuation of Jesus, ministry of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It's true. He wants you to do the same. All right. When I first got there in February. The first day, we, they said, hey, we're doing an outreach. You might have saw that. It was on like the city center. There's like people walking around. It's not, there's no traffic. It's just people. And as at like, we just had gotten there and they said, you can pray for people. You can sing on the guitar. You can do whatever. We're just going to be out here a couple hours. Oh, yeah, great. So I got there. Y'all, I walk up and maybe a minute later, I see a lady walking down the, um, the street with a, with a walker, right? You don't have to have a word of knowledge to know that she's probably not feeling good. So I go to her, right? And I just said, hey, ma'am, we're praying for people. Do you need any prayer? So she walked away, or she's walking away as I'm talking, and she said, in a British way, right? No, basically. <laughs> All right, no problem, no problem. So she keeps walking, but then she stops, she turns, and she looks at me, and she's really crying. I walk up to her, and I was like, are you all right? And she goes, no, I do need prayer. And then she, this is what she said. I have pain all over my body, and I have been in my home for a year and a half. So I asked her again, did you leave during that time? She goes, no, my family has brought me food. I've stayed in my house. I can barely walk. I am so sick for a year and a half. She said, but this morning, I heard something say, get up and leave your home. She got up. She said, I got up. I left my home. I got my walker. And I walked down the street and I ran into you. I said, ma'am, I'm from Texas. I live in Austria. And I just came to this city. I just walked up. Do you think that Jesus wants to meet you? He wants to touch you. She's like, I'm a Christian. He loves you so much. So I pray for her. And as I pray for her, she says, um, I feel like I can throw this walker to the side and run a marathon. What happened is the strength of the Lord came in her body. Y'all see this? The, the strength of the Lord came in her body. 
And then she said, I'm going to church tomorrow. I'm so excited. She was so excited. It was like the definition of encouragement. You know, encourage means to make strong, make the heart strong. She was like on cloud nine. You could see something came off of her. The strength of God came in her, and she was so happy. Now, as she's walking away, like literally, I feel like she's singing or something, and just joy. I heard the Lord say, Josh, your interactions, right, are on purpose. I just, would you like to come to us? Sure. Walk. And it's on this corner, not this one or this one or this one that they're at. It's on this corner. Now, why am I saying this? The Lord was teaching me something this day. This is what he said. If you're aware of people, you know, Jesus talked about it in Luke chapter 10 when he was sending the, the 70 out in, in groups of two when he said, you know, and he, he talked about it. He said, when you go and, 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 and when you knock on doors, when you knock on their doors, which is not, at that time it was physical doors, which really the heart of people. When you're going up to people and you're talking to them, and it says, and they open the door and it says, you know, they don't want to receive you. It says, let your peace return to you. And then it says, dust your feet off and then he t says some other things. I'm trying to make a point. But he says, if you go to another door, you knock on the door. It says, let your peace stay with them. And then it says, eat with them. Y'all remember this? It says, sit down, eat with them. And it says, he says, heal the sick there. So it says, heal the sick there. And then, anyways, these, these 70 ended up returning back. Y'all remember this? They returned back, and they were so happy. They said, oh, my goodness, we used your name? And demons came out. Like, they were practicing. They were like, what in the world? This is wild. And remember Jesus, what he said. He said, don't rejoice that these demons are subject to you. He said, rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Now, this is what Jesus was teaching them. To be led by the Spirit. Not just to debate everyone. But to go, someone's looking for Christ. Someone's looking for them. They, they, he showed them to look up. And be on purpose. You remember he ended up saying, don't take money with you or a bag. Anyway, he was basically saying, you just need me and my, my word. And he wasn't saying that you don't need shoes or money or anything. He was basically saying, you need to depend on me. The dependence. Are you with me? Now, let's go to Acts chapter 8. Because I'm going to talk to you about this great man named Philip. Y'all remember there was two Philips. But we're going to talk about Philip the Evangelist. Woo-hoo-hoo. Philip, am I okay on time right now? Good? Okay. Just going? Hallelujah. All right. All right. Acts chapter 8. What are we at? Verse 26. Um, actually, let's look at verse 4. Because look, look at the first account of Philip here. There's... There's only, I think there's only three accounts of Philip. Therefore, um, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Look at verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. And I want to look at these words here. What, what does it say next? He preached Christ to them. This is important because that day, I, I, that there's a continuation here of the story of this, this Muslim family. I'm preaching Christ to them, like literally telling them about this man. That's not a history book. Like, we had this conversation, and I said, 
do you know he's alive? And she goes, what do you mean alive? You, she, uh, Muslim believe that he ascended, but he's not particularly alive. Like he's just floating or something. He's, he's, and I said, no, do you remember he died? You remember this? And he goes, she goes, oh yeah, I think I studied this, like what you guys believe. He died. And then three days, and then he rose again. He's alive, like he's alive today. And while I gave her, when I gave this girl the, uh, some word of knowledge, something that she didn't know, she goes, I know, this is what she said, well, you must have talked to him today because you didn't know what you just told me. Isn't that funny? In other words, I'm preaching Christ, preaching Christ. All right, let's keep going. Let's, let's go, let's do it to uh, uh, Acts, stay in 8, and look at verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road, which goes down, um, I'm sorry, and, and arise and go towards the south along the road, which goes down to Jerusalem to Gaza. And how, how, how many know that Gaza is still a real place right now? Okay, let's keep reading. He says, this, this is a desert place or a deserted place. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all the treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship. Let's get this scene. The angel appeared to, the, to him, and he, he, he told him exactly where to go. So this is a very specific place to go. It's like... You know, if you go, uh, you know, you don't have to go too much in Texas and you're going to be in an empty place, okay? And out, kind of out in the country. Let's just say out in the country. Now, let's look at this. Verse 28, uh, verse, verse uh, yeah, verse 27. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, a great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of our her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship Look at verse 28, was returning and sitting in his car. He's just chilling in his car on the side of the road. Look at this. And he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go and overtake the car. In other words, go and stand by the car. Like make your presence known. So Philip ran to him and he heard his readings. And the, and the prophet Isaiah said, uh, uh, I'm sorry, let's say that again. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked, and he asked Philip to come up and sit with him in his car. They're just on the side of the road in an empty place, and he's sitting in his car, and he said, Hey, come up and sit with me. Y'all got to get this picture. So he's sitting with him. And look at this. And uh, it says, and he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Verse 32. The place of the scripture we read was this. Now, when we read this, you will immediately know, because we're followers of Jesus, what, who he's talking about here. You ready? He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before it shear, and it's, it's silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who would declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Who's it talking about? Jesus. Look what he says. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, 
I ask you, whom does this prophet say of this? Of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth. Everybody say, opened his mouth. And began at the scripture, what did he do? Preaching Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. It's not a baptistry in the back of your church. It's not even a clean swimming pool with filtered water. It's not even the ocean. It's a ditch. It's a pond. It's on the side of the road. They walked on the side of the road. And look, what does he say? Now, when he went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Hey, see, here's water. What hinders me to be baptized? What did Philip say? If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered, what did he say? I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. As simple as that. He believed. Let's keep going. So he commanded the chariot or his car to stop still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. Now verse 39 and 40 is probably one of the most crazy, spectacular miracles in the Bible. Probably one of them. One on the top. It's a crazy story, right? Look at verse 39. And when he went and he came up, and he says, it's, it's, and when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught up Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. In other words, I baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And they come back up, Philip's gone. <laughs> this is crazy. They call it translation, whatever you want to call it. Let's look at this. It says, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Where was Philip? Let's look. Philip was found in Astos. And passing through it, he preached in all the cities and he came to Caesarea. Where's Astos? Well, I know where Gaza is. Where's Astos? Well, I Googled it. It's 20 miles away. It's still there. He was translated 20 miles away. Now, crazy, crazy miracle. Actually, you go on and it, and it you go on in the book of Acts, and Paul, years later, goes to Philip's house, stays the night, and he has four uh, virgin daughters that prophesy. Y'all remember this? Guess where he was? Caesarea. He just stayed there. <laughs> he just thought, if God translated me to this area, maybe I'm supposed to stay here. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I saw that today. Oh, it's funny. Now, what... Are we talking about the translation? Yeah, it's great. It's wild. Well, what I'm talking about is that Philip knew by the Spirit of the Lord where to go, but the eunuch, he's just in his car. It's a normal day to him. He's just reading the Bible. He's just, or, well, they didn't have a Bible. The Bible was being written as they were doing. I don't know. He might have had like a copy of a scroll or something. I don't know. He's reading something. What's important? The important thing is that Philip, Philip wanted to look, he wanted to be where the Spirit of the Lord said, go this way. You remember the, the Holy Spirit said to me, just wait at the house. Just wait outside the house, right? Just something so simple. I mean, I felt that impression. This is what I feel in my heart. You know, we put all the, we all, we put all the evangelistic pressure on a, on a, on a building, I'll say it like this. Brother T.L. Osborne wrote a book years ago called Out Where the Harvest Is and, or Out Where the Sinners Are or something like that. And he talks about that the church grounds are the most evangelized acreage. 
And I love that because what we want to do is say, hey, I got a preacher, I got a pastor, I got a youth pastor. I got... If you come, they'll tell you. But you know, you have the spirit of Christ. You have the spirit of the living God on the inside of you. You're adopted in. You know, you're not just to better you. You're a new you. And you're a new person in Christ Jesus. And you have the ability to go and open your mouth. You know, I'm starting to, I'm starting to realize something. Boldness is not being loud. Boldness is doing what the Holy Spirit is showing you to do. That's boldness. And you know the disciples said, hey, we need boldness. Can you help us? You remember they said to Jesus, he, they, they needed some little umph. They were learning and teaching. But here's my point tonight. It is important to look up where you are. See people around you. I'm not talking about, you know, doing all of what Philip did. You know, lead them to the Lord and finding some water and baptizing them right there. But what I'm talking about is opening your heart, opening your eyes, looking at the people around you. People don't have a big sign on the front of their chest that says, I'm hurting. They're usually smiling, but they're not doing too well. What I'm saying is open your mouth. Talk to people. You'll see that the Lord will use you in a mighty, mighty, mighty way. I mean, I have three testimonies back to back on what happened to me in New Braunfels and Austin and in San Antonio area, back to back, of just opening my heart, opening my heart. All three people were crying, one in an Uber, one in a hotel, and I can't remember the other one. One at the side of the road that, that I, I helped. And it was just by looking up and opening, opening my heart that I know him. I'm going to ask a question. Is your name? in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's all stand. I'm going to ask that question again. Is your name in the Lamb's Book of Life? Is it written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you have answers on the earth for people that are so lost and so hurting. And they'll never, they might not come to this church or ministry or event or conference or anything. It might, it might not ever happen, but I'm telling you, if you look up and you open your mouth and begin to talk to them and you help them and you pray with them, God will use you in a mighty, mighty way. I'm telling you, it's amazing. I mean, what an amazing thing if in this church or ministry that there was so many testimonies and stories every week of people being born again and baptized in the Spirit and healed just from us just looking up and just being led to, to talk to people and just opening your heart and praying for people. And it's really not that hard. It's really not that hard. It's just I, want, I need boldness to do this. And what's this boldness? Just a stepping out. And the, you can do it. You have the ability to do it. And I'm telling you, it pushes like a satisfaction button on the inside because we're called to do the works of Christ, which is what? Lay hands on the sick, teach like Jesus did, cast out devils. All these things that Jesus did, we have the ability. We have the same spirit as he has. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in us and it quickens us, helps us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, this mighty name, I just pray, Lord, for an awareness of your spirit, like a, like a, like a, just, just friends, Lord, friends. Well, just look up at me just for a second. I got to say one more thing. Just to encourage you. Jesus has not left you. He's not mad at you. He's not disappointed in you. He actually wants to be close to you. You remember, he told the disciples, he said, I'm never going to leave you. You remember? And the Holy Spirit came, dwelt, dwelt in men. But I felt this real just deep encouragement, right? He really is with you. And he really is with you like tomorrow morning. Like, let me put it this way. I'll say two examples. Number one, you're never alone. You're never alone. You know that feeling? You can be in a crowd of people and feel alone. You're not alone. He is with you, and he's so nice and kind. And here's the second thing. Jesus died on the cross, and he had, do you remember he looked up, and he, he started talking to his God. He said, God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Listen, Jesus even paid for the feeling, the, the experience of isolation, and that he was far, that we would never be left alone. He was like, he, he had, it came to him. He's like, why did you leave me? Well, that feeling that we've had that I'm like, no one gets me. I'm alone. I'm in the season, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's not the Lord saying, hey, I'm, I've left you for a season. He's not going to leave you. He's with you. Now, with that said, everyone kind of has a visual of him with you now. Talk to him. And what I mean talk to him is, Talk to him all the time. Like, converse with him. The Holy Spirit will speak to your heart and prompt you and help you. And it's not just about the next assignment, you guys. It's about walking in the garden again. Are, are you seeing this? It's just like he really, really loves you. Like, y'all remember how many of your parents in here and you love their kids? You'd give them anything. Like, you know, they got that Christmas and they open up. Oh, whatever how much more right the lord loves you we're not adults of god we're children of god we're all children to him right we're all children and the listen this is why i'm saying this this is why i'm saying this he's close to you and he's also not like busy and antsy and like hey can I hurry up with the conversation here I always say this, like, oh, there's some people praying in North Korea. It's real important. If you hold on, I got to meet the knees. He's, listen, he's kind, and he's sweet, and he's with you, and he's not going to leave you, and you can talk to him. And he's long-suffering. He's patient. He, actually, do you remember the disciples? They called him rabbi, which means teacher. He'll spend a lifetime just to get you to the next level and be patient with it. We don't have a lot of patience like that. But he's so kind to get you to the next, to the next, to the next. He wants to teach you. He wants to help you. And he's not frustrated at you. He's, even when he corrects, is with his love. Even when he corrects, he'll show you, hey, come on, I'll show you. He'll help you. 
All right, let me pray now. Father, we know you're with us. And you, Holy Spirit, you guide us and you help us and you lead us. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Let's all pray in the Spirit. Just, just a little here. This is just a portion of the prophecy, but Smith Wigglesworth, it is going to be a wave of the gifts of the Spirit. The ministry gifts will begin to flow on the planet Earth, and I see hospitals being emptied out, and I see people that are sick go to churches, and they allow the Holy Spirit to move in the word of wisdom, in the word of knowledge, in the discerning of spirits, and the gift of the spirit of special faith, in the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings, and the gifts of prophecy, and the gifts of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Father, we know we're not born in the 1900s or in 1822 in the 1700s. We were born for right now. And we're born in this time to be a part of what you have on this earth. And sir, master, savior, our father, we are honored to do what you've called us to do and to speak to people and to be a part of this great, great move of God upon the earth. Lord, help us be in the forefront of what you have. Help us be on the right, on the edge, on the cusp, the, the very front of what you have for us in the world. I thank you, Lord, for nations that are ours. I thank you for cities and regions and territories and lands and villages and buildings and areas that we can have for the gospel. Lord, I connect my faith with what this church has been trusting you for years about this property and I just agree for the manifestation or the revealing of everything that needs to happen in Jesus name to equip the saints for the work of the ministry around the world and I praise you and I worship you for this in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Thank you, Lord. Now, I see a word. Before we go, I see a word, and the word is, you have grown cold. And I hear the Lord say, come back to me. T fix your gaze. Turn your face. Turn your eyes and look at me because I've never left you. Those, that, those in here, your heart has grown cold. I hear it so strong. The Lord's speaking to me. He's saying, those that have grown cold, turn your eyes, turn your affection, turn your gaze. Look at me again. Just look at me again. You can see that love is in my eyes for you. Come back to me. Run back to me. I hear it in my heart. And listen, I, I just feel like the Lord's saying, just do it in your heart. Like, do it now. Like, do it. Say, Father, I want to come back to you. I want to run back to you. I want to see you again. In the name of Jesus, every 
enemy, deceptive spirit over the soul that's blinded the eyes of these people. You have no rights. And I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. And I say that the great gospel, the light of the gospel shall be shown in their eyes and their, of their soul. And they would see you in the resurrection, in the gospel again, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can you come up for a sec, Brother Scott? As ambrojo bra i ishele fra mai. Dive namai or tola fra inginchele fra funga asite. Fromosa abosha crapa ondosha prafia sato. This is going to be interesting. I heard the Lord say that He wants to share something over you and then. There's going to be a word for them. I don't know how that works. It's like pushing two dominoes over or something. I don't know. Father, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord, I see it. I'll just say it like I see it, Brother Scott. Um, Billy Bram. I love Billy Bram. <laughs> a lot and she talked about when her husband passed away I watched it recently and she said the Lord supernaturally I, I believe this is what's happening because I've had many conversations with many people like hey you've been around brother Scott how's he doing he's like hey, there's some grace on him and Miss Billy talks about that she didn't know what to call it. She called it a bubble, is what she called it. But she said uh, uh, something was on her. I don't know how long. Do you remember how long? It was a few years. Like a grace was on her when her husband passed away. And it was like a bubble, she said. And she said it's like nothing can get in. And she was like God's, I don't know what it is, a grace. I don't know us, you know, I don't, I don't know how to say it. It's just her words. And I saw that. And what I saw it is because... I had talked to many people at camp and other things, and they were like, you know, I know it's been hard. I mean, no one in this room could imagine, right? But I felt in my heart when you, were, when you were coming up, when I gave that tongue, the Lord said, I'm giving him this for, for a season of time. You'll feel like, you know, the same emotions, but a, really a deep grace, like a bubble of grace that you'll stay in because and this is what it is it's a keeping power and i see it in the book of revelation it says i'll keep you from the hour of trial that will come on the earth i see it real clearly it's the word keeping and the lord is keeping you because the trial came but he keeps you and that word i'm i, I don't this is what i sense in my heart is a closeness like I'm keeping this and I hear the Lord saying he's keeping you in this time close to him and that's what that is not that he's left you any other time but a, a really a supernatural grace to come on you to keep you and to keep you whole and Lord we just thank you for that Lord like it is only you that can do this oh it's not even a man it's not the 
There's, there's nice words of man that can bring encouragement and help. We're so thankful, but it's only you that can keep us in time and in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that as he moves, ebbs, and flows to the areas he's been, Lord, I thank you, Lord, like the fox <laughs> that they light the tail on fire of the fox to go into the harvest, to burn down the area. I just thank you, Lord, that, the, that, the, the, that your tail's on fire, so to speak, and the Lord's going to use you in that fire, in that fire. <laughs> thank you, Lord. I'm so, I got to stay in the spirit here now. <laughs> For I want you to know, and I want you to see, that that supernatural grace, even in the definition that my son utilized just now, the bubble, it also belongs to thee. This is not something that is a respecter of persons that causes it to flow. But it is because you just open up your heart to allow this to encompass you and never let go. So no matter what phase you are in or struggles you may face, you need to understand that you have at your disposal an absolute supernatural grace. And that grace is my empowerment to see you through to where nothing is missing and nothing is broken and you can have my spiritually heavenly view. So lift up your eyes to heaven, to where your help comes from. Not looking up into space, but right even right before your face. <laughs> you encounter my supernatural grace. It'll help you in everything you encounter, the frustrations, the challenges. Even when you would face physical death, it will encompass you. Mm, because you're no longer looking from a temporary perspective. You're looking from an eternal view. Glory to God. Mm -hmm. We're going to do something as we close tonight by the Holy Ghost. And uh, let him do something in our midst. Sometimes God gives a word and, you're, and people look for the natural apprehension. But he's talking in spiritual, supernatural terms. And it's critically important that you have uh, some insight, some understanding of what he's saying. And yeah, absolutely, no question about it. Your tail's on fire. No, no, your tail's on fire. Yeah, yeah, your tail's on fire. Now, the issue 
is the problem with people sometimes. Now, I know they know. But honestly, I'm not sure how, if I took a percentage of people that even had any understanding of what that meant biblically, what in the world does that mean? Because they're watching too much YouTube and TikTok to have any idea what the Holy Ghost is actually saying. The anointing to destroy the works of the enemy was on Samson. And the wisdom of God through that anointing on him judged the enemy. And the way he did it was he tied the fox's tails together. Then set them on fire and cut them loose and they ran through the enemy's field and burned the field down. Now that's what God's talking about. Yeah, your tail's on fire, but you're not by yourself. And there's an anointing in here to, for you and I to understand this partnership is the issue. And until you get tied together with your tails on fire, the enemy's going to win the day. That's the issue. That's why the Holy Ghost is talking to help us understand that there really is almost zero reach. In fact, there is zero reach between Smith Wigglesworth's house in Bradford and Texas, generationally, geographically. It's the anointing. How did Elijah get connected with Elisha? How did Moses get connected with Joshua? It's the love of Christ which constrains us. You understand? That's, that's the constraining force. It's the divine compassion. So the bottom line is in this room right here before we leave, there needs to be an understanding that the Holy Ghost is simply saying that there is a move. I heard the Lord say something to me while he was talking about Brother Wigglesworth's prophecy, the third one that has not fully yet come to pass. And for anybody that's been around here recently, you understand where we are. On the prophetic time clock. But I heard the Lord say, I have precious few in this generation that know anything about reaching into the age to come and handling those things. And then I heard him say, when you were talking about that prophecy, how long ago was it? And we're here preaching about that prophecy. And I heard the Lord say, it's about time this generation has their own prophecies. It's about time somebody has the spiritual, spiritual land in their drawers to reach into another generation and tie their tails together and set them on fire. Yeah. This is what puts me to bed at night, wakes me up in the morning, and it's why you can see the world from Texas County, USA. We lived our life. I've, I've done everything I've done on six continents to come to this moment to carry something to a generation that will alter their course for eternity. They will never be the same again. 
And I'm grateful for tonight. And I love all of you. But almost every one of you is a little too docile for me. It's time for your tail to be on fire. This fake church, sugar pill church, placebo church ain't going to get it. Not in this hour of the spirit of Antichrist and darkness. It's time to go nose to nose and quit playing with carnality and making some decisions. That we don't do the ministry of Jesus without the baptism. Baptism is immersed. Fully in the Holy Ghost and fire. The fire of God. Glory be to God. Woo! You know what I see it like? I know this is an... I'm looking for a new, because I'm reaching back into my childhood, and in my childhood, I'm watching reruns of people that lived before me. So I know when I'm talking now today, people don't even understand the reference. All right? So unless you went back and somehow new history or vintage TV or any of these things, this young generation doesn't have a clue what I'm talking about. But y'all, but, but there's some folks in the room that do know about Bonanza. Come on now. And you know how that, you know how that, that it opens? You got the map? You, sure. Well, of course. That's what I'm saying to you. It's the epicenter. And I just turned and I looked at you. For you young folk, you need to YouTube it or something. Huh? Yeah, yeah, because it's time to understand the fire's coming up through the map. It burns a hole in the map, and it spreads off the Ponderosa. It's time for us to get off the Ponderosa. Yeah, 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 bad, bad guys come through the Ponderosa, they get caught. You don't ride through this territory and do what you want. You don't squat around here and not be touched by who owns the Ponderosa. I'm serious about it. And the King of Kings is in the room. I said the King of Kings is in the room. I said the King of Kings is in the room. I said the King of Kings is in the room. Glory to God. <laughs> Blessed be God. <laughs> Blessed be the God. Woo! I don't know why I'm supposed to do this, but I'm going to beg God real quick here. Told, even seeds of the beginning 
shall now come into a place where it's winning in your life into full manifestation. And you shall surely know that the fire of God is the direction you must go. Putting your hands to the plow, look not back now, for you shall see that the Spirit of the Lord that's deep within thee shall help you step in to what's been purchased on that tree. For my blood was shed, but you must know it in your heart and not mentally ascend in your head. Don't face the future or these years of your life with any dread because the Spirit of the Lord says the enemy's keys have been stolen. Jesus has them instead. So step up and step in to what I have for you because the fire of the Spirit is in your belly beginning to brew. I brought you here to show you things, to talk to you about things yet undone, things larger than you've ever apprehended that belong to you through the gift of my Son. The final course, the final turn, running the race to the end. You shall surely see how to step out into things that I have yet to do through thee. And it will impact others' lives, even their eternal destiny. You must not lay down those dreams, for resurrect them I will do. So understand, saith the Lord, <laughs> I have many things yet to show you and to stir you into. Receive my fire, because this is the hour for these things to transpire. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> But as I just turned and looked at you, the both of you, I'm just going to tell you about the Spirit. When I saw those nations in Europe and I saw the footprint, what I saw was just like, you know, in the old days if they had to light a fuse or something, it was a long one and it burns, you, go, you know. But it was burning around the outline on the map of nations. He's cutting them out by the fire of the Spirit and he's handing them to you. Just like somebody would cut out a piece to a puzzle. <laughs> That's the one thing. Just leaving the place for tonight. And the word that you gave and shared belongs to everyone here, but it belongs to you. The flag's been planted. The stake's in the ground. Operate from there, right? From the, from the middle of that wagon wheel spoke. From where you are now, I know the Lord's already shown it to you, but it's going to continue to shoot out spokes to the nations. And I saw them being cut out with fire on a map, just like you'd just, like you'd just cut out with a, a torch. <laughs> the outline of that nation. And it's going to come to you in the night season, in the night visions, and it's going to continue to give you territory after territory. If you could imagine, I've never seen this before, but just suddenly I saw it. 
If you could imagine, you've seen these floating stairs where it's almost like they, they create them in such a way that there's nothing under, and there's a step, but it's, it's but then the next step and, you, and you'll, you'll ascend. And modern architecture, right? And there's a lot of glass stairs. Obviously something holding them up, but you can't really see it. They look like they're floating stairs. I just saw that in the spirit. And I saw the steps were made of these cut out nations. I want you to look at this set of stairs. They're very small compared to what I saw. But imagine that instead of a rectangular step, it was the, it was the outline of a nation. And the platform of that nation was a step. See it in yourself right now. Because you're going to ascend these steps. <laughs> you see it? You see it, don't you see You see it. And your girls are following your footsteps. And so will your grandchildren, should Jesus tarry. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. You weren't training just to be the principal of this school. This is a step. And even that's going to go international. Think larger. <laughs> Think larger. I will provide and I will guide. Take the steps. Ascend into the fullness of that apostolic coat that you saw when you were in Croatia. Give yourself permission to go there. It's time. Yeah, I'll tell him. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't plan to minister to y'all at all. <laughs> but I'll tell you about the, about the Holy Ghost. The knocking on that door is symbolic. Now knock in the spirit on the doors you need to open. And what is not open to others will open to you. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. That, he, he, that was a visible, exaggerated example. So you didn't walk through a door like this. You, you walked through a door that was above you. That was a spiritual thing. And these doors are about to open. Father, we thank you for it. Glory to God. Mm -mm -mm. We bless you tonight for your goodness. We thank you for the people and the impartation of what you brought in this house. Now, here's what I saw in my spirit. So I must ask you to do it as we close. Uh, either reach out, gently touch somebody on the shoulder, join hands or something, but it's time to tie some foxtails together. I said, it's time to tie some foxtails together. I wondered, Lord, do I put their hand, do I, do I have them join hands and let Brother Josh and Sister Sandy just run through the crowd and put their hands on you? I was about to just take, send y'all off, get laid hands on everybody in the room. Those foxtails are putting, glory to God. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the fire God is coming all over this room. In the name of Jesus, set them on fire. Take them, send them. Yes, yeah, set them on fire. Take them to the streets. Take them to the nations. Take them day everywhere they need to go. In the name of Jesus, from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet, the fire of God sweeping through the crowd for this last great 11th hour harvest. Lord, we thank you for it. We believe we receive it. And in Jesus' name, it shall surely be so.
the fire of God. You can see the world from here for the fire of God and the glow of it will be seen from afar. We thank you for it. We thank you for the fulfillment of the prophetic utterances over a hundred years and several generations over Texarkana, USA and what will come out of here that will touch planet earth. And we bless you and we glorify you and we thank you and we do not make confessions of sight. We make confessions of faith. We do not say what we see. We say what we know. And we say what we're handling and we understand that it is literally at the door even at the shore. So we thank you for it. We believe we receive it. And we receive this word tonight. And so we look up around us and we see the harvest for it's white. And the harvest are the people. There are people around us. And we are the conduit to the eternal power that will change their lives. Thank you for directing your people. May from this moment, even before we gather again or these churches gather again on Sunday morning, from this moment by Sunday morning, by resurrection morning, Father, and a start of a new week, there'll be stories of supernatural divine encounters of steps ordered across the path of the harvest. We believe that we receive fruit from this meeting. Lord, if we preached on healing, we would have people healed. If we preached on finances, and we did, we we're going to have people prospered, supernatural prosperity. Father, we are the agents of the harvest. I'm expecting immediate signs to follow this word tonight that lives will be touched forever because divine order and the steps of your people that are ordered of the Lord shall carry the fire to people this week, even within 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours. We thank you. We're the anointed ones. We're the salt and we're the light. And lives are going to change because we've heard, believed, measured properly, and extended the measure of this message into manifestation. We expect it. We thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God. And now the saints said, well, give the Lord a shout tonight in the house. I love you. God bless you. Amen. Now, your tail's on fire. So go do something with it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. I love you. God bless you. Hug somebody. Tell them, tell them you love them before you go. Jesus is coming soon.